Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, the United States of America. And of course, good morning to the world. How are my peeps doing? I trust everybody is doing fine because we are going to make sure today is a great, great day. Good morning, uh, the studio, the control room of KPFT. How are the favorite geniuses doing this morning? <laughs> Ollie, what's a genius? Uh, this is another fine mess you've got me into, Stanley. Well, <laughs> well, I probably should have. You know, we got some rain in the Houston area coming up now. Is it kind of nice to see it? Although I really don't like rain that much. We do need it, though. And there's Back your weather forecast. And here is some wisdom from Jack. <laughs> Good morning, Egberto. Good morning, Jack. How you doing, senor? Well, I'm good. I'm good. You know that feeling you get when you're kind of rummaging around in some old boxes and and all of a sudden you pull out something and it and it just lights you up with memories and, and ideas about things. I talked about this last week when I mentioned serendipity. Yes. That feeling you get. Yes. When you discover something that you found that was lost and not sought for, and it just lights up your spirit. I trust you discovered something. Well, you know, I've discovered a, a, a run of luck here that started with a, uh, some change I got, and it had a, a buffalo nickel in it. So I took it as a sign. I took it as a sign that things were going to get better. Mm. And they have. Buy yourself a lottery ticket, man. (laughs) I don't lottery. (laughs) Well, apparently it was only a nickel. (laughs) Well, apparently I didn't win last night because I'm still here. So I guess we're okay. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I'm of mixed feelings of the lottery now. Now that uh, Jack found that penny, I may go ahead and buy me one. Isn't it enough to quite a few billion, million dollars right now? Oh, it's it's over a billion dollars now, which is an obscene amount of money. It's just oh. crazy. Yeah, a lot of money for me to give away, man. That's what I would do. But anyhow, and, yeah, and that's that's basically what I would do too. I, I, you know, they say a lot of ruined my life. Well, I gave all my money away, and my life was ruined. Yeah. It was ruining my already ruined life. <laughs> you know, I mean, who needs a billion dollars? You know, that's why that's why I sit down and wonder who, you know, these folks can't spend this. You know, this morning I was and I'm going to talk about this on a three o'clock show this morning while I'm here watching uh, Morning Joe. They're talking about the deficit, right? So I'm looking at these, and these are numbers we all know, but when you see it in graphic form, it's amazing, right? Uh, you hear about this fight that's going on in Congress is whether to cut $2 billion, $4 billion, or according to the uh, the the Freedom Caucus, they wanted to go with $160 billion. But the thing is, where the money was coming from, and it, the slice of the economic pie or or the budget pie that it was coming out of was that 14% of discretionary spending. And I mean, when you look at, when you look at what they had to do, cut all the food programs for kids in school, cut uh, a whole bunch of snap, cut all these things, right? As you see a huge chunk of change for defense, 
a huge chunk of change for, you know, these other things that, that, uh, you know, they don't want to touch that, but things that are going to affect regular people. Hey, we're going to do that. And then the next big thing, the amount of taxes not paid by wealthy folk. I mean, you see these numbers and it's like, you know, I, I talk oh, about it. Go ahead. It's, it's staggering. It is just absolutely staggering. They want to cut all the social programs, all the stuff that we pay for and spend it on military. Well, the military does need some money, yeah, but they don't need that much money. You know, Not there's so all. much waste in the government spending. It's just unbelievable. And because social programs, shame on you, people. Absolute but, shame on you. But here's the other kicker that that trips me up when I saw it in the graphic form. Almost, and, and don't quote me here, but near 20, 25% of the budget is actually interest on the debt. And people just hear interest on the debt. We need to cut the debt so that we don't have that interest payment, whatever. But here is the kicker. This is what I try to explain several times. Rich people, you know, they like to say we pay most of the taxes, which is true. But you pay most of the taxes because you took most of the money. You took most of the income. You took most of the wealth. Of course, you pay more, most of the taxes. But here's the kicker. The, the fact of the matter is we constantly get these guys tax cuts that are not paid for, which means that not paid for tax cut means we increase our deficit. And then how do we pay for our deficit? We borrow money from the rich folks. So we give them a tax cut. We take the money back from them in the form of a loan. And after we take that money in the form of a loan, we then pay them interest. So it's it's the, the debt is not on the people. The debt is a form in which we transfer all our taxes that we pay right back to the rich guys because they're loaning us back our own money. And then we pay them interest for the our money that we borrowed from them. I mean, the the the. The issue is that we know so little about how this stuff works that they can pull this over us where we accept that, oh, we need to cut the budget. Oh, we need we don't need to cut the budget. We actually we don't have a huge social safety net like other countries do. We don't. We could. We should. We're rich enough to do so. But we don't. And we don't because Americans believe that. They're paying too much taxes. And the truth of the matter is, no, that rich folks are paying too little taxes for what they take out of the economy. It's so hard that we have to get that message across the people, um, Howard. We have to get that message across the people. Or these guys just keep taking and taking and taking. The takers have never been the average American citizen. The average American citizen worked their butts off. Every single day, if you doubt it, go into the neighborhoods that these people like to malign, go into the welfare neighborhoods, if you want to call it that. Right. And go to the bus stops and see how many people are out there struggling in the morning. They go out to work now starting. Yes. Well, I'm going to play that later on. So I'm not going to talk about that yet. But anyhow, let's get busy. Today's program, folks, the title of the show is Kennedy's Not Progressive Friends. Uh, three. Oh, that's a typo. That doesn't look right. I got. I was sleepy when I wrote that. Three programs expire. 
and Huge Medical Strike, AOC on Hypocrisy. Robert Kennedy Jr. is in shifting strategy, proves he is no friend. AOC calls out GOP's hypocrisy on Bowden. Healthcare workers are going on strike. Three needed programs are allowed to expire. Again, the people pay the price. Anyhow, folks, you can get to us by going to uh, our website, kpft.org. Other than listening to us on air and the dial, of course, you can reach us at kpft.org. When you get to kpft.org, just click that listen button. But if you're already at kpft.org, consider supporting the station by just clicking on donate and make sure to put the donation in the name of Politics Done Right. Money doesn't come to me. It goes directly to the station to pay the bills. The antenna bill, 100,000 watt, takes a lot of electricity to shoot this signal all throughout Southeast Texas and beyond. Anyway, watch us live on Facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. I'm wearing my Trek Volkswagen Power Bar shirt today. Watch live uh, as well at YouTube, politicsandright.tv, politicsandright.tv. And watch or, or, or see our clip, listen to our clips or whatever on Spotify, etc. Go to politicsandright.com slash podcast, politicsandright.com slash podcast. Of course, you can always drop me a line if you disagree, agree, or whatever at kpft at politicsandright.com. That is kpft at politicsandright.com. And of course, we want you to call, and this time we'd like to ask you to call early. Don't wait till the end of the show. I want to be able to entertain everything that you want to ask, everything that you want to tell us, everything that you want to suggest to us, everything that you want to cuss us about. It doesn't matter because this is your program. Give us a call. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Seems like the thug, the former thug-in-chief, now just thug, is in New York. Uh, continuing the stream of lies. His business is, uh, is in peril. They may have to take some of it to pay for I'm, all. The... I'm, 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 yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just looking at all this with, with Trump and just laughing my laughing my ears off. Yeah. Because this man has had this coming to him for decades. Yeah. Nobody in New York would have told you what a crook he is. And here it comes. So you see, there is karma. It there does come karma. back to you. And as soon as I want, I want them to put him on the, on the, uh, on the stand. He you want to see that. a show? Yeah, it's a sir. It'll be a circus. They will take him out of there in handcuffs. If he gets on that stand, you know, the so, amount of people that he has ripped off Howard from the, the fake, uh, Trump university stakes, water, everything you can think of. He's ripped people off. People come fix his hotels. Don't get paid. And it costs them more to sue him than because he keeps it in court. For I mean, the, the guy is a simple evil man. And the thing about it is, I you know I I understand what brainwashing looks like, uh, but there is something else that I think people need to understand. And it's not just simple brainwashing. It is making the immoral. Okay, it's making the immoral acceptable. And what I mean by this is there was a time when 
a presidential candidate or whatever, or, or, or anybody aspiring for public office, if they had the kind of nasty record of treating people the way he has, of stealing, of, of raping, of all that kind of stuff, if, if they had of that nature, uh, uh, people would look at that as that person cannot serve because that person is simply, I mean, I mean he, he's beyond the pale. He cannot serve. But what Trump did was magical, and they're trying to do it to uh, Biden right now. And it's an intriguing thing. It, it starts to make things acceptable. In other words, when Trump used to say certain things, it used to be a shock, and it took many aback. But what they found out is mixing notoriety and shock together, people start to get desensitized from it. So as he continues to do bad things, he, I mean, a judge just found that he raped a woman. Think about that. A judge has called what he did in the Eugene Carroll case a rape. And, you know, any, any normal person would see it that way. And we have evangelical Christians and we have regular folks that have daughters, have mothers, have aunts that find it acceptable to adore and love and support a person who out of his own voice has spoken to the things he does to women and they still accept it. That isn't, that is a different kind of brainwashing. It isn't brainwashing. It is making what is unacceptable, acceptable. It is, and it, and it, it is all, it is also bringing in a form of inhumanity, a deep form of inhumanity that they've made plausible, Howard. Well, I was going to say that the odd part about this whole thing is with the right-wing Christians and all these crazy people, doesn't what Donald Trump did and is doing almost diametrically opposed to each other? Yes. Isn't, aren't they the polar opposites? Yes. You know, because Christ said... The only command Christ said was love each other, mm -hmm. care for each other. Yes. And he didn't go into saying don't rip off people because, you know, loving each other and caring for people is not ripping them off. Right. But the, the, the extreme right wing Christian people and believers in Trump, they, it's like, okay, well, it's like the, the Catholic Church would open their doors to Satan. Mm -hmm. anti so you know, they're they're so opposed to each other, they're just in different worlds. But yet, the adulation or adoration of Donald Trump with these groups is just beyond my my ability to to understand it. I don't get it. I yeah. just don't get. It. Yeah. I, again, I, I think it has a lot to do with making things okay. There are two things, right? And I've started to uh, well, I've realized this for quite some time, right? If you use if if you find out what a group of people's fears are and you can lie to them about what's the cause of that fear right they will uh that is how you start allowing them to accept your savior even if your savior is severely flawed he's saying things that I would have liked, not me, that to, to his followers, that they would have liked to say or that they have been made to believe. And that is why, you know, yesterday I did an interview 
with a program in Portland. And um, one of the things that I was saying is, that is why we can never disengage. People wonder why, you know, some folks on my three o'clock show is like, why do you spend so much time talking and trying to reason with right wingers? And my answer is, what else must I do? I think it is something we have got to do because, I mean, look, I have relatives that that um, that have eaten the, the cake and relatives also that, you know, and, I, and, and myself, I try to, I really try to keep engagement because I'm not going to lose them over some crazy politician, right? Because eventually the politician goes away. Eventually things change. I mean, we think we have it bad now. There was a time during the Red Scare where people went through similar kinds of, you know, similar kinds of things, you know, it's just, this is, this is a, this is now not Red Scare. This is another kind of scare version version 2023 you know but anyhow i think i better get to what the program was supposed to be about but i just wanted to kind of give that little uh notion there anyway title of the show well i gave you the title of the show uh, uh we'll, we'll talk about kennedy and uh the the, the strike afterwards have anybody look people have been asking me to go ahead and interview rfk uh robert kennedy and you know i've of mixed feelings but after a couple of folks here at K50 said, get him, go interview him. And I, I got an email from the folks. You remember I tell you guys, send me email at kfxt at politicsdoneright.com. I listen and read every single one that I get. And uh, this lady said, why don't you interview RFK? I'm not really a supporter, but I think it would be a good interview. To which I said, I really don't want to, but... If enough people start saying, hey, you should interview the guy, I would. But at the same time, I'm going to be truthful about what I think personally when I'm on the program here. Of course, like with anybody that I disagree, when I interview them, I'm right down. You know, I, I don't do anything to uh, malign them or whatever. I let them do their talking. So after all, I'm going to go ahead and put in for an interview with uh, RFK. But today, I also wanted to read a little piece in Common Dreams about uh, what he had to say. And it was written by one of the guys you've heard me interview, Norman Solomon, who's a hell of a journalist, war correspondent, well, not war correspondent, but somebody who writes about the military and much more. So I'm going to uh, talk about what he, in, in fact, I think I better go ahead and start with that one. Uh, I think I better start with the RFK one. And the article is titled, Shift in 2024 strategy further re further reveals RFK Jr. is no friend to progressives. It's unclear what Kennedy's strategy is. What is clear is that his campaign may end up helping the neo-fascist Republicans win in November of 2024. If Robert Kennedy follows through on his apparent plan to run for president in the fall of 2024 general election, that will make it all the more important for progressives to have a clear understanding of who Kennedy is and what he really stands for. In advance of announcing, and this is from uh, from my my buddy uh, um, Norman Solomon. I remember I played him, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I played him for you guys. I think it was last week. In advance of announcing that he'll run as an independent, according to Mediate, the Kennedy 
campaign will deploy attack ads against the Democratic National Committee for preventing an open primary process. The DNC shenanigans deserve to be condemned, and we've repeatedly done so, including here, here, and here. Kennedy can be forceful in denouncing aspects of U.S. militarism, making valid points about hawkish foreign policy that shun diplomacy while enriching military contractors. But a closer look at his overall views is needed. Less progressives follow Kennedy into his often inaccurate and sometimes demagogic rabbit hole. Any serious progressive critique of U.S. foreign policy must include a challenge to our one to our country's one-sided position on Israel-Palestine, which leads to other dangerous policies such as supporting the Saudi dictatorship and its horrific Yemen war, while eternally polarizing with the threatening of Iran. Kennedy seems to believe that Washington has not been one-sided enough in support of Israel. He pledged in mid-July interview, there's nobody who's running for president right now in either party who will be a better friend to Israel than me as president. Kennedy followed up by saying, progressive Democrats have been outspoken opponents of Israel. That's the worst outcome of woke culture. Of course, that's a lie. And he added, the criticism of Israel is a false narrative. Israel is a shining star on human rights in the Middle East. If you are a progressive who is leaning toward RFK but cares about Palestinian rights and Middle East peace, you should watch the recent interview with him conducted by Israel Can Do No Wrong, Rabbi Shumli Botich. Kennedy questioned the narrative of Palestinians as oppressed, applauds the Israeli military for consistently avoiding civilian casualties, says he doesn't want the Biden administration to make a nuclear agreement with Iran, and agrees with Rabbi Shmuley's characterization of Congresswoman Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib as anti-Semitic. That is shameful. That is shameful. In that July 16 interview, RFK Jr. was evidently trying to damage, do damage control after the discovery of a video from his summer, from this summer in which he made bizarre comments suggesting that COVID-19 was an ethnically targeted bioweapon and the Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people are the most immune. But Kennedy's extreme support of Israel and his closeness with Rabbi Shmuley predate those comments. In June, he waved Israeli flags side by side with Shmuley in Manhattan's celebrated Israel's 75th parade and declared in column of Jewish journal, I support Israel because I share Israel's values. I'll, I'll hold on that for a minute so that I can go ahead and go to Harry and then Augie. Come on in, Harry. Uh, give me a quick, quick comment. Okay. Uh, good morning, Alberto. I'll make good morning, points. Harry. Uh, yes, first, sir. Good morning. How are you? And how, and hello, Zach Bandever. And hello to Howard. I like what you guys, you and Howard talked about as far as the uh, autocrats and the plurocrats robbing the middle class and the poor. Uh, and what you were saying about Donald Trump, I'll, I'll make a comment about RFK. Since you said those things about RFK, he was never going to get my vote anyway. But, you know, because he's in, if he's talking that way, that Israel is the only ones that are important in, um, in Israel and the Palestinians, the, those, because they're all Jews, that they are to be excluded, then he, he would never get my vote for, for being that way. So, you know, RFK, you're already disqualified and crossed off my list. Now, um, as far as, um, the, um, what you were talking about a little while ago about the corp, the autocrats and the plutocrats, the rich robbing the middle class and the poor. I don't know if you ever saw this. Um, 
uh, speech. Um, um, this man I have problems with because of what he he wanted Malcolm X dead. I'm talking about Louis Farrakhan. He did this speech, Blacks in Government, back in 1989 in August of 1989, and he was and there. And there's a part in that speech he's talking about third world countries, mm-hmm. and I'll paraphrase him uh, to, to what you were saying about the um, cor- corporate. Um, uh, the corporate autocrats and plutocrats robbing the middle class. And I'll imitate it like this. When you were saying, um, um, how in the heck can you loan back to the middle class and the poor what you already robbed them of and then ask them to pay interest on what you stole from them? Criminals! Now, Farrakhan used that, and he was talking about third world countries with the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund robbing African countries. If you go back and look at that speech, you'll you'll hear all that in there. But it's the same thing in this country with the plutocrats and the autocrats robbing the middle class and the poor and then asking them to pay interest on what they already stole from them as you you talked about. Now I've mentioned Donald Trump when you're talking about the raping of the women. I'm going to paraphrase Amy Goodman from Democracy Now, when she played a piece when Donald Trump was talking about, you can do anything to to women. And Amy said it like this, can do anything, he said, to women. And laws are for suckers. I can just do what I want, and and, and I'm above the law, and and you can't touch me. (laughs) Wow, you know what? You know... Harry, 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 Harry. I am so impressed with your paraphrasing abilities. But I mean, and and, you know, as usual, callers always open up a subject that, you know, makes me want to say a little addition to it. Um, Right now, Mali and several other West African countries are kicking out France. There are a lot of things that I didn't know in history again, and that's because history is vast and nobody knows all of history. Ripping off African nations and ripping off Haiti when Napoleon was alive and asking them to pay interest on what they stole from them. Right. But here's the deal, because I want what I want. What I want folks to understand is the following. Right. Everybody look at Haiti as a basket case. It is, but yep. one never asks how did Haiti become a basket case? Haiti, a former French colony, uh, remember when Haiti got its independence because it fought for its independence, like the United States fought for their independence, but we couldn't right. have a, a, a man in Tucson Overture. Tucson Overture, right? Uh, now, that's right, Tucson Overture. But Harry, 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 let me make my point, my dear brother, brother. I know you're excited, but let me make my my point here real quick, my brother. The point that I want to make is what most Americans and others don't understand is a French was going to send a whole bunch more warriors to take back Haiti. But what they did is they 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 not bribed, but sabotaged the economy of Haiti. Haiti had to pay as for their liberation. In other words, remember, the slaves were assets 
and, uh, and so they yeah. had to pay back France for having them lose their assets, not only slaves, land, everything else. Right. Haiti, and they had been doing that for decades after decades. That's France, the country that many of us look as more, many times more progressive than the United States. That's what France did. But the other thing that France did in Africa, folks, and this is what you have to learn, for these people's independence, they had to pretty much turn over, and it's not quite turnover, but turn over their resources to France and use the, a special franc where most of their monies ended up in French banks. Uh, the basket case that many people look at uh, Western, with different countries in Africa is when people say it's a direct result of colonialism, it's, it's continued yeah. colonialism on the fiscal side now. Right. In other words, we're not necessarily right. in your country per se, but the fiscal side we're running right your country. Exactly. And, and France, there recently, recently, France had a minister that said, if we allow Africa to go, there, France is no, it's nothing more than a poor nation. All the resources right. France has is really resources from Africa, meaning the from amount Africa, of minerals that Africa has. They would have nothing if it weren't for African nations. And they no. can only stay afloat because they rip off the resources from African nations and then ask them to pay interest, as you just alluded to there, financially. Right. Now, so Harry, I mean, uh, you, you made me change that little subject to bring that up because, again, I always think when we have a little snippet of information for folks to learn, we want to do that. I, I recently learned a few things about Western Africa that I didn't know with respect to France. So thanks for bringing it up. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, let's go to oh, Augie. Uh, one, other, yeah, one more thing. Um, if you get a chance, it's that speech is Blacks in Government. It was in August of 1989. You can look at that Farrakhan speech. But like I said, I have my problems with Farrakhan because he wanted Malcolm X dead. And, right. you know, it's just too bad that he had to be, he had to turn on Malcolm X like that. All right, Harry, we'll talk tomorrow. Uh, let's well, talk. Have, let's bring uh, Augie. All right, brother. Let's go to Augie. Augie, how you doing, my brother? All right. Good morning, Egberto. Good, good morning, uh, sir. About, uh, love one another. There's also other things in the Bible, uh, uh, Ten Commandments, like uh, greed and covetousness. That's one right. of the deadly things. But uh, these uh, Republican right-winger search gores don't uh, seem to know that. And, um, and in Israel, uh, somehow people forget that in the 70s, Israel attacked a U.S. Navy ship. They had sea and air forces that shot it up. They killed Navy sailors, they wounded it, they even boarded them. But uh, a radio operator sent out an SOS, and there was an aircraft carrier group. The aircraft commander launched uh, uh, his bombers and fighters to attack that seaport and the, the air base that, that those forces came from. And uh, when the Israeli forces heard of, that they were coming, they got off the ship because they boarded that ship too. And uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, the aircraft commander's phone was ringing off the hook, and there were American senators and Congress people calling him up, telling him, "Hey, call off uh, your attack." And they're about ready to bomb uh, the uh, Israeli uh, sea base and air base when he had to call them back. And uh, when he got back, he lost command of his aircraft carrier, 
And then the other ship, uh, they retired the captain. And uh, and uh, for some reason, I don't know how crazy that is. Uh, they, uh, our republic, our American uh, country's folks uh, allowed another country to attack without any penalty for them. Uh, if it had been a Russian or Korean or Chinese group but attacking one of our Navy ships, uh, they wouldn't have, have fired the aircraft commander and stuff. But uh, uh, and uh, when uh, Israel was formed in 1948, the rabbis were all talking against the right-wingers, the Israeli right-wingers, that their goon that bombed the hotel with the uh, British civilians, women and children, and killed a bunch of them. But, uh, and the right-wingers have taken over. It seems like the right-wingers are trying to take over now. And you mentioned the Red Scare um, in the 50s. Well, that's because all these uh, the one percenters got together and, and uh, on how to uh, get these attack these people that uh, now the one percenters having to pay taxes, and uh, they got them one by one. And the first ones to go were the communists, and then the second one was the socialists, and then the third group they were against were the uh, unions, and they did it really smart, slowly, and concentrated their attacks on each little group one by one. Okay, and never, uh, I'll, I'll get it. Never, it, it, it never changes. Trump, you know, while we we focus our attack on Trump, um, something that I try to say all the time is: remember, Trump is nothing but a tool for exactly what you just said. I mean, in other words, uh, tr- there's no Trump if there's no if if we don't have the plutocrats. The plutocrats have seen right. the writing on the wall. The writing on the wall has always been as more people become smarter, as more people understand how our economy works. The question is, why should I do all the work for a bunch of people who simply own these companies, do nothing? I take the, you know, I mean, um, I I want to expand on something that you said with, you know, uh, with what the plutocrats said. And I think it's very important that people understand this. Trump is one person. America is a huge, multi, multi uh, owned capitalist country. Trump is one person with that's a fake billionaire. In other words, his his assets are not real. All right, and and, and you, you'll notice that why he had to inflate things and it's it's showing up, etc. But what's important for us to understand is the plutocrats behind the system understand that the masses. As you have people that are starting to ask themselves questions, wait a minute, I work all of the times. I work a full 40 hours a week, thanks to the unions, and not 80, a full 40 hours a week. And uh, I'm barely getting paid, but I watched Wall Street and I watch, I watch, look, Wall Street is only a small display of the rich. People don't understand what rich really looks like. And that's why sometimes they they feel sorry for the rich. You mean the rich is going to have to pay more tax? They don't understand how rich the re, the rich really is. Mo, most people don't, and they are the ones that are bankrolling all the disinformation, all the misinformation for people to stay dumb. Because when folks realize that they are doing the work, they are putting their lives, risk, limb, uh, environment at risk 
They're the ones risking something, not the plutocrats that, you know, one caller said one time, well, you know, uh, uh, Bill Gates is innovative and, and Musk is innovative. No, 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 no. I'm not saying these aren't smart guys. But more than smart in doing something, they're smart capitalists. And being a smart capitalist is really how can I be as lazy as possible? In other words, how can I let my money work for me? That's what it's all about, right? I mean, how can I make my money work for me? And that's what they do. The intellect of this country is all of you out there. All of you out there are the engineers, the doctors, the lawyers, the secretaries. All of you are the ones who make this economy function. And then you have a very tiny amount of people at the top. And they're the ones who get all the spoils. We have to get around that. Hey, Augie, I got to go to Donald unless you have something else quick to say. Yeah, well, we got to be smart like the plutocrats are. And we got to go after one thing and focus on that. And the one thing I think is Citizens United. That's Amen. why they to spend all this money and buy all these politicians. When, when Citizens United first started, there was a, a rich guy who said, why do the law say I have to bribe my politicians in my district and in my state only? Why I got all this money. Why can't I bribe the other politicians around the Amen. country and everything? Augie, you, you, named, you, you nailed it. That's you nailed it. And Thank you, brother. That's one of the things that progressives want to do, but Let's go after Citizens United first, and uh, that will—they're the ones that are bankrolling everything against us. Thank you, but, brother. Uh, I believe it's at that. Thanks. Thank you, brother. Uh-huh. Let's go to Donald. Come on in, Donald. Good morning, Gilberto. How are you today? Buenos dias, hermano. How are you doing this morning, sir? Good. I got an experiment for you. Give it to me. I learned something yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to get a pot full of boiling water. A mm-hmm. whole bunch of them, and you need to get a whole bunch of babies from different people, rich, poor. Stick their feet in a bowl of water, and you'll notice they all cry the same. Yeah. The reason I say this is because I listened yesterday to a baby getting a, a vaccination for, the, I think it's the malaria that they just came out with, and it's going to mm-hmm. save lives. Uh-huh. You got to remember, all those babies cry the same. It's the development after that that twists their mind into what we've got today. Amen. So if the person can sit there and listen to that baby cry, we need to euthanize those people as soon as possible. Because (laughs) we do a lot of good in the United States and the malaria vaccines and everything else going to Africa and all that. That's what keeps me going. So eh, that's about it. So yeah, use your pots and see. All right, brother. Thank you very much for your your interested commentary. All right, Donald, you have a good one. But look, um, America is a great country because it has great people. Do not mix having great people with what we do abroad. Most of what we do abroad, we don't know about. Hell, during the slavery days, most people didn't quite understand what was happening. They were, they were just as well brainwashed into the things of the time. It, I mean, we, I mean, and look, I, I, we are saying this with regards to the American society, but of course it applies all around the world. It, it's always so, some small amount of folks trying to take over a large large amount the population etc the monarchy all these things but a lot of this comes from us not having the 
collective. But you know what? Society is society is built with growth, with learning, etc. And the biggest thing that these people who you know are able to take advantage of the few, uh, the one first thing that they suppress is learning, the ability to learn, the ability to learn, and the ability to learn. If you if you want to understand why there is this book banning, why they don't want their kids to learn about the truth about how this country was formed, what occurred in this country, why they try to label it hating America, etc., is the biggest fear is that you start to learn and understand things. The biggest fear is that you realize that the people that you like to hate, the people that you are prejudiced against. The real, the real thing is <laughs> you shouldn't be because both of you need to get together to fight those who are really oppressing you. And oppression takes a whole lot of different forms, a whole lot of different forms. So, you know, right here at Politics and Right, what we try to do, let folks just know a little bit of the truth. Well, we want you to know a lot about the truth. But most importantly, I want to tell folks, anytime you start to feel that hate for your MAGA brother, don't. Every time you feel start to feel hate for that evangelical who wants to, you know, who wants to hold you back, don't. Remember, if you have a relative that is ill, let's say crazy, whatever, you don't first try to, uh, whatever they do, you look at it through different lens. You still love on them because you understand that it is a systemic issue. It's something that has placed them or caused them to do what they're doing. And the way I address, you know, our MAGA brothers, sisters, etc., is to understand that reality. The way I deal with racists is to understand that reality. I don't sit down there and, and reciprocate these particular things. I don't. What value do, and and what I try to tell folks that listen to what we talk about is what value do I get out of being like them? What value do I get out of uh, of uh, giving it right back? Now, if you slap me, I'm going to slap you back now. But as far as treatment, as far as anything else, um, look, um. We can't let these other people win. We can't let the plutocrats who are pulling their strings win. If we do that, they win. So I'll hate on absolutely nobody. I will hate on absolutely nobody. Anyhow, um, about the we were we were reading the Robert Kennedy article, and you heard the parts that I read so far. What I'm going to ask you to do is go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter and the links to all the entire show that we're going to talk about is there. We're at 43 right now. I still can take a few more calls. 713-526-5738. If you call right now, you'll be on air right now. 713-526-5738. I have a, a, a little eight minute thing to play. But given that that would put me so close to the end of the show, I think I would so much rather you guys call in and you can go listen to that on your own at YouTube or wherever. 
526-573. And I don't want to take up the time, that eight minute time with a video that you guys can uh, watch after the show. So if people call me at 713-526-5738 right this minute, I'll take your call right away. 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2. Don't forget. 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2. You don't have to wait till you hear all the voices. Just hit extension 2 and you will get to, uh, to our phones and you'll be able to talk with me right away. It seems like we have a call. So let's go ahead and bring Brian into the conversation. Come on in, Brian. Yes. So uh, do you find it offensive or vulgar or childish to say F. Joby? Um, I find it. Well, if you want to say, oh, what happened? Uh, I guess you hung up. But um, no, no. Let me just tell you, F, F, I just find it childish, uh, not offensive. I mean, I, I use the F word, you know, when I'm in the appropriate company. No, I just find it childish. It's completely and entirely childish. And it kind of speaks more about the person that is saying that in the context that they're saying it, because I don't know why somebody would say that. But anyhow, folks, uh, give me a call, 713-526-5738. Go ahead, uh, uh, Howard. Oh, I was just going to say the fabulous Joe Biden. Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> you, no. know, you, just get, you know, you just gave him a heart attack, right? The, the friendly Joe Biden? Yeah, of course I did. I did it on purpose, too. The friendly Joe Biden, the, uh, the you know, the fabulous Joe Biden, the uh, the faithful Joe Biden. You know, what kind of a clown calls up a radio station and says something like that and hangs up? I mean, oh, you, so you he did hang up. I didn't know. If, I, I didn't know if that if he if he hung up or or we just lost him by mistake. But I am nah. so glad that he said. Let's go ahead and go to Melissa. Uh, Melissa, come on, come in, on Melissa. in, come on in, Melissa. Let's let let's get Melissa. Melissa, talk to me. Hello, hello. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Alberto. Good, Good morning, morning, Ben. How are you guys doing? Uh, yesterday, We're... I wanted to call, mm -hmm. um, but it was y'all was it, it was on some bare ignorance yesterday. I was like, you know, nah. <laughs> let me tell you so, something, uh, Melissa. Before you say anything, remember this is your show. So I mean. Even if we're on a subject that you really just don't want to hear, you can always change the subject. No, no. It's the all show. No, it was the callers. I was like, I don't even know how to comment on some of those. Oh, I got you. I got you. Talk to me. All right. So I was just wanted to say um, about uh, JFK. Remember Buzz said that the Bush era was dead. So is the JFK era too dead? Because they sound like, you know, they, 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 they out of there. They, I mean, like they way out of there on the comments and the interviews they making. But I definitely wanted you to chime in more on that JFK interview. Yeah. Well, you know, if, uh, if uh, folks have been asking me to do it, I, I'm kind of refraining from it because I mean, things like that, there are a lot of things that I think he uh, brings up. And the problem is that Kennedy has a name. Uh, when you hear the word Kennedy, people remember John F. Kennedy and they remember get, uh, being a president and getting killed. Robert F. Kennedy, his father, uh, running for president, almost winning or would have won and getting killed. Yeah. So there's a there's a kind of nostalgia for the Kennedys that can actually create an issue, especially if that person uses that name for wrong. And I think that in my humble opinion, that's what I think he's using his name for wrong. But I would be, you know. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it. I just, if you, uh, I just wanted to, yeah. Cause that was very interesting. Um, what was coming out? Cause I, I just know my history of JFK was uh, something different than what he's talking about. Um, exactly. And, and he is, he's nothing, he's nothing like his parents at all. Nothing like his parents, but anyhow, but thank you, right. Melissa, as thank usual for listening, please also, as you go with your, with your life, remind people to come on into KPFT. All right. All right. Thank you. Love. You have a wonderful day. All right. Let's go to CD. Come on in CD. Oops, CD hung up. Let's go to Brian then. Come on in, Brian. Yeah, this is Brian again. Uh, I guess uh, I was hung up on. Uh, for no, I, that... I think they probably thought you got I mean, you hung up. But anyway, what do you want to say, my brother? Okay. Now, you know Rashida Tlaib, right? You know what she said to her five-year-old son uh, after she... Trump was elected? What did she say to her five-year-old son? You, you, you don't know. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going to impeach the MFR. Okay. She says it's a five-year-old child. Is okay. this the type of language structure that uh, she uses, the left uses around children? Well, I mean, let me, for, first of all, <laughs> let me just say that um, you're telling me that. That may have occurred. That may not have occurred. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but that said, um, Rashida Tlaib, a congresswoman from one Michigan district, said a phrase like that and you make it a national issue now donald trump goes ahead and does wrong has been doing wrong by people for a long time how can i take you seriously brian when you blow up an incident like that and you don't make light of an incident about what trump has done to women including raping women and you haven't made a comment about donald trump and ripping people off with the trump university and you haven't made a comment about donald trump and what he has done with stealing and and inflating property and not paying taxes i mean there is a myriad of things that many of folks like yourself who have come onto my show proclaiming their support for trump you don't you have not looked at these things that he has done. And at the same time, you have one comment from Rashida Talib that that you claim she has made and you want to make a national issue out of it. For me to take that sort of stuff seriously, I would have to see that with, within uh, that you do the same balanced over all people like I do when people on the left do bad things. I'm right there like I am with what the, 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 uh, the, the Melendez has done from Jersey. I've been no less hard on him than I had on Trump. All right. Honesty is what counts, sir. Honesty. And I don't think right now you're showing yourself to be an honest broker, but you're just showing yourself to be a Trump sycophant. You're, and you can respond. No, no, no. You, you didn't. No, you didn't answer the question. And well, okay, I uh, actually, I can't hear you, sir. Your 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 internet phone is sort of messing up. So try again. Okay, you want to talk about childism? I, I tell you what, Brian, hang up and call back real quickly, and I'll I'll hold the space for you because your phone is really messing up. I'll I'll give you a chance to respond. 
So hang up and call back because it's terrible. But anyway, uh, so what I was uh, explaining, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that like to do whataboutism. What about when this person said this and this person said that? I am sure I have said certain things, you know, in jest that many would find offensive. I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure I've done that. But it doesn't define the totality of my character. And that is what I make sure in dealing with people. But the totality of Trump's character is really obscene. I don't know of anybody who can say Trump has shown any kind of loving emotion. I don't know anybody who can say Trump has shown any caring. I don't know anybody who can say anything positive of Trump other than sycophants. And that's a, that, that word has a definition, sycophants, right? In other words, when Trump goes out there and say, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I will still be elected, I will still have those that continue to love me. When you have a person like that and a person that has done what he has done, unless I hear you tell the truth, about this type of person, unless I can't take anything that you say seriously. How can I? How can I possibly take that seriously? 713-526-5738, extension number two, you'll get on air right away. Brian hasn't called back yet. I hope he gives us a call back because it seemed, sounded like he was calling from an internet phone where we couldn't quite hear what he was saying. So maybe that's him that's calling again. I tell you what, somebody else call. Let's make sure that it's not just his phone and not that we're having some sort of a phone problem. 713-526-5738. I can probably take a two quick couple of minute calls. Uh, 713-526-5738. Anyhow, while I wait for a call, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, the, the um, AOC and the fire alarm and Bowden. Uh, Representative Jamal Bowden went ahead and pulled the fire alarm before the vote. I don't know why he did it. Uh, he claimed that the door was uh, locked and he figured maybe if he pulled the alarm, given that a door was locked, it would open it up. You know, a lot of times that's how fire alarm systems work. It, uh, it makes sure once the alarm is pulled, all everything that can be opened automatically is opened. And the reason it is opened automatically is to allow you to get the hell out of Dodge. He was going for a vote. And I guess he said to the effect that uh, he thought that would have solved the issue. Well, uh, the, the host on, uh, on ABC attempted, asked AOC what she thought about it, and then started to articulate that Republicans wanted him thrown out of Congress for doing that. They wanted him to be censored. They wanted to do all these things. And AOC had the most perfect response. Her response was, how dare you, how dare you talk about doing this to this guy when we have George Santos, who has committed so many crimes, unanswered, when we had all these other Republicans, including Trump proper, who's done what he's done with no response. Makes absolutely no sense. Anyway, folks, uh, the other three subjects that I am supposed to carry was going to carry today because of the phone, etc., and because it's your show, I didn't. So go ahead and go to politicsandright.com/newsletter. 
and you can get to the link to the stories that we spoke about, as well as to the videos that I would have played this morning. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. I have one other thing that I want to tell you. The HPJC this weekend is having uh, HPJ. Please go to HPJC.org. HPJC.org. That's a Houston Peace and Justice Center. We're having a, a mixer. All nonprofit organizations can visit us. If you go to uh, HPJC.org, the Houston Peace and Justice Center is inviting representatives of nonprofits in our area to our mixer social luncheon. HPJC will provide lunch. Please RSVP so we'll have enough chairs and food for everyone. Just go directly to, uh, you can send an email to director at hpjc.com to uh, to tell how many of you are going to show up. It's going to be held at the Haven Center, 1827 West Alabama, Houston, west, uh, west of the church parking lot. It's next to the St. Uh, Stephen's Episcopal Church. But please go to HPJC. Dot org hpjc.org please go to hpjc.org we want all the nonprofit organizations to show up we can talk about how we work together to solve problems anyway folks let me throw it right back to the studio how are my peeps in the studios doing well we're doing okay uh jack has some wisdom for us before we close out so come in and come in here jack Okay, uh, you mentioned y- y'all mentioned desensitization. Desensitization. <laughs> can't even say the word. Anyway, it's a PR tool. How do they desensitize children to violence? Video games, cartoons, and video games. Oh. Ooh. Bad okay. News. Uh, thank you, Jack. It it seems like. Uh, the problem may be some sort of a signaling issue because I, I heard your your voice corrupted as well. So maybe we're having some issue with the 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 um the voice modulator or something of that sort. Anyway, I got to close this baby up. My name is. Thank you guys in the studio. Thank you listeners. Thank you callers. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.